And when you're doing life alone, it's even harder. And the enemy's in your ear 10 times harder, and he's trying to steal your joy and steal your purpose and tell you that you're worthless. And so if you're here tonight and you're feeling those things, just know that there's hope. But I'm going to turn it over to Liz, and I'm just going to let her talk about um, how the name came about. Okay, so, yeah, when she gave me that call um, and wanted to start this in July, I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so to do this, we had to have a name. And so when I got off the phone with her, um, I was sitting there reading scripture, trying to come up with this name to just grab everyone's attention, just trying to make it sound perfect. And the Lord, after just sitting there for a long time, the Lord was like, Liz, you're thinking about this way too much. And he was right. <laughs> I'm thinking about it way too much. And so I was like, okay, what do you want me to call this? And so he just kind of spoke to me and was like, what about her place? And I was like, okay, that kind of sounds really good. Um, why her place? And there's two reasons why this is such a good name for this ministry and for us as women. And it's because that, you know, the first reason is her place is a safe place. And this is supposed to be a safe place for us, for us to just come lay it down, whatever it is. And maybe you have a safe place, whether that be your shower or your car or your bedroom. Mine's my shower um, and my car. But this is also my safe place. And this is what we want her place to be for all of you women is just a safe place. And another reason why we think that her place is such a good name is because her place is endless. You know, all of us are sitting here, but we're all going through different situations. And maybe we're going through the same thing, but in different seasons, but we're all going through different things. And it could be her place of singleness. It could be her place of um, a widow or a divorce or um, freedom, surrender. It could go on. And so that's why we called it her place, because we're all going through different things. And this is where we come together to be in our places, but to have each other to get through our place. So. Um, and before we invite Miss Carrie up to come speak on her place of hope, um, I have just two scriptures that I want to share with you guys. And one is actually not a scripture. It is something that I come across right before we launched this. And it was kind of that God wink, you know, that you just really need just to have that bold faith and that courage. And so it says, perhaps some people are on the very verge of becoming more devoted to God for them to go on about their lives without making that decision is like walking past an enormous feast without stopping to sample the food. It says, David urges his readers to taste and see that the Lord is good. The lines of the world have no guarantee of success, but those who faithfully seek Jesus will find all they need and more. And two of the scriptures that her place is based off of is my favorite scripture, which is no wonder it's my favorite scripture, one of my favorite. I am a Valentine's baby. And it's 1 Corinthians 16, 14, and it says, Let all that you do be done in love. And I don't think there's a coincidence that I was born on Valentine's Day and that that's my favorite scripture. So um, the last scripture is 1 Peter 3, 8. And it says, Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, and a tender heart and humble mind. And that's our vision, is for us together, together, and to have sympathy for each other and each lady that's going through really, really difficult things, 
And just to know that this is, like Liz said, her place of forgiveness and sacrifice, surrender, unity, and grace. With that being said, Miss Perry, if you will come take the stage. I have to say that I am extremely proud of these two young ladies. They came to me a few weeks ago and said that the Lord had, well, everything they just shared, and that they were nervous and didn't think they could talk. And I said, God's give it to you. God will give you the strength and the courage to say it and to do it. And I am extremely proud. Y'all are doing a great job, and you're going to do amazing things through this ministry. You've got a lot of us here to support. And so in all of that, we talked about different places. And when Liz said, I'm thinking of calling it her place, and they'll tell you they were sitting at my kitchen table, I went, oh, I love that. Because if you start thinking of all the places we could be, her place of freedom, her place of loneliness, her place of healing, her, I mean, like she said, it's endless. And so we talked, and we thought that the first one should be hope. And I was like, okay, here we go. Because we can talk about this all day long. This is good. And when I got to thinking, I was jotting down, because I like to kind of brainstorm and start writing and thinking and praying and going on. And one day, we like to camp a lot during the summer. We, you know, work, and um, we'll take a night or two, and we'll go. And one morning I was up, it was about 5 o'clock, and it was like the Lord just opened up this window and started pouring all this out about hope. Well, I start texting myself because I didn't want to wake up Pastor Gavin. And I started saying, okay, okay, all right, Lord, let me, let me get all this down. But I thought about hope, and, and I don't have a sermon. I'm, I'm talking from a heart of love tonight because I don't want it to be preachy. I don't want it to be like everything else that we do. I want this, like she said, to be a place where we just are here from one another. Galatians said to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. We need to support. We need to uplift. We need to encourage. And so I looked up hope, and hope is literally an optimistic state of mind based on an expectation of positive outcomes. Okay. And I started thinking of Pollyanna. Everybody ever seen Pollyanna? She was always hopeful and so bubbly and I kind of had her as my muse when I started thinking about this because I mean are there not a lot of things that we hope for I mean where's my high school and college girls I hope for a good grade how many of y'all yes I hope for a good grade or I hope I get asked to the prom I hope I get into college I hope I pass my midterms or some of us other ladies, ooh, I hope I can lose a few pounds as we're eating a piece of chocolate. I hope my cake turns out good while I'm hoping to lose a few pounds. <laughs> oh, I hope I find that on sale. How many of y'all ever said that when it gets time for Easter or Mother's Day? Oh, Lord, let me find that sale. And then let it fit, you know. And it's like I think so often we confuse hope with like crossing our fingers, our toes, and our eyes, and just, oh, I hope this works out. Or if we're praying for something, oh, Lord, I, oh, I know this is a big ask, but I really hope this works out. And I got to thinking, how misunderstood is the word hope 
for a group of Christian ladies. Because I'm going to tell you something. I think too often we treat hope like it's a 50-50 chance instead of a 100% guarantee. Hope is not something that we're just, man, God, I really, I hope you do this. But if you have something, write this down. Hope should never be wishful. Hope should never be wishful, but should be worshipful. Hope should never be wishful, but should be worshipful. We don't need to treat hope as if we're wishing upon a star or we're blowing out a dandelion and I just hope all my dreams come true. This isn't a fairy tale. This is reality. And we don't need to go in with those kind of expectations like it's a chance everything's going to work out. Instead, we should treat hope like a worship opportunity to express our trust that God is going to work it out. It should never be wishful, but entirely worshipful. In fact, the difference between a woman that hopes something good will happen and a woman of God that has hope that something will happen is confidence. We can say all day long, I hope, I hope, I hope God does this. But what is the difference when a woman says, my hope is that God will do this? There's a difference. And it's the confidence that we have that God's going to do it. We can hope we get a good doctor's report. We can hope that the Lord heals us. We can hope our kids don't continue to lose their minds. We can hope our husband starts picking up his bath towel. We can hope all these things. But at the end of the day, that's wishful thinking. But instead, we declare with confidence, Lord, my hope is in you that this will happen. It may not be the way we think. It may not be according to our agenda or our, our way of thinking, but it's a confidence that God knows what he's doing and he's going to work it out. See, it's, it's a matter of confidence, not in our own abilities. Because let me tell you, our own abilities, we cannot do it. We cannot make our husbands do the things we need them to do. We cannot make our children behave in the ways well, we can. There's a way about that, but we'll get to that in a minute. We can do a lot of things hopefully, but it's not in our abilities on our own to do that, but it's in the one who creates every moment, every season, every single opportunity. He's the one that can do what we need to have done. Psalm 33:18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. I am a very, 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 very private person. Somebody asked me something one time and I said, you've got me confused with pastor. He will tell you anything and everything. I will just be like, hmm, maybe we'll talk about that later. I don't, I don't like to open up. I don't like to talk about things. 
It's not me. And I asked a couple of people, I said, please pray. And they even asked Pastor on the way, I said, please pray because I really don't want to share some stuff. And he just kind of looked at me and I was like, I really don't want to do it because it's not me. It's not in my nature. I don't like talking about myself. I don't like people talking about me. I don't like doing that. And when I started reflecting on hope and what all hope is, I thought about different moments in my life. In fifth grade, I hoped I would be the mayor of our class. I was. In seventh grade, I hoped I would be the civics club president. I was. I hoped I would be the senior class treasurer. I was. I hope I would get scholarships and get into Florida State. I did. Did I go? No, but that's another question for another day. I hoped I would find the one. And I did. All these things I had hoped, and every one of them happened. Not because of anything about me, just how it worked out. And there was one thing that I had hoped for, and it didn't work. I had hoped to have a family, and it wasn't happening. And four doctors in two states said, I don't know what to tell you. You're just not meant to have one. Your body's not made for it. And I was like, but no. Everything I've ever wanted to have happen has happened. This has to happen. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. And this is right before, literally right before I'm supposed to get married to a man who has openly said, I want to have a family. And so I went to him and I said, hey, I'm giving you the opportunity to get out because I can't have kids. I know you want them and I can't do it. So I'm, I'm letting you out, no hard feelings. He looked at me like I was crazy. He said, you're who I'm supposed to be with. There's no way, no. And that church service, we had an evangelist come and he spoke a word that my mother-in-law and my mom both know. There is no way this man knew anything about us. He didn't know a thing about our situation. I had not even told them about what the doctor had said. Again, I'm a very private person. I wasn't even telling my family. But that evangelist spoke a word over us. And that word would be my source of confidence for a long time. Because my abilities had failed me. My body failed me. But God never failed me. And he spoke that knowing that we would go through a long time. So everybody around me, you know how it is having babies, everybody, and it's just, oh yeah, great. Go to another baby shower, great. Hold another cousin, hold another this. Oh, that's great. And something one day just happened. Because see, that target used to not always be crazy. And they had this baby section. And it was in Mobile where we lived. And I said, you know what? 
I'm just going to walk over there. It was torturous, but I did it. And I walked over, and I started even getting enough courage to actually pick up something and look at it. And then I started putting it in my buggy. Then, in the middle of Target, not caring who saw me, not care who looked at me, I started laying hands on that stuff. And I started saying, Lord, I'm not hoping any longer, but I am declaring the word that you spoke is going to happen. And I'm not going to just hope it, I'm going to believe for it. And in the middle of Target, I laid hands on that stuff so many times and I started saying, God, it is not in my ability to do it, but you can. My faith is in you. My hope is in you. And I believe it is going to happen. So there's this thing nowadays, and some of y'all may do it, and if you do, God bless you. There's this thing called gentle parenting. Have y'all heard of this? Some of y'all may do it, and Godspeed if you do. It's where you go up to your kid. Now, I need you to be quiet. I need you to go to your room. Please stop beating me in the face and stop hitting me and kicking me. And I need you to start going over there and doing what I say. Well, let me just tell you, in our house, that doesn't work. We believe in the laying on the hands in our house. If Gavin was here, he would tell you. We have a system that we've employed that we have started since he was born. We count to four. On three, it better be done because on four, that wooden spoon's coming out. To this day, that kid starts twitching if he sees the spoon come out. I think the problem today is there's too many Christian women trying to gentle exist with the devil. Now, if you just go away and let me have what I'm hoping for, I, I won't bother you. Now, now I know you're telling me it's not going to happen, but if you'll just leave, it, just go over there and just let me have this and, and we'll be okay. It's time to have an old-fashioned southern mama tear down and tell the devil, no, you're not going to take my joy. You're not going to take my hope. I trust in God, and don't let him rob you of the confidence you have in him to know that he that began a good work in you is going to see it until it's done, whether it's you you're praying for, your health, your healing, your husband, your kids, whatever it may be. It's time to take authority. I see these kids beating their mamas, and I'm like, it's enough. You're the parent. That's not cool. Don't do that. It's time we remember we are women of God. Like Pastor said this morning, he calls me daughter, he calls you daughter. And it's time we act like it and stop being merely mouthed to the devil and say, enough is enough. We don't have to be passive about the things that we are hoping and praying for. We need to trust God has it under control. And so I'm going to leave you with this. Don't gentle parent the devil. What you do with your kids, that's between you and the Lord. But Hebrews 10, 23 says, 
let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Some of you are here tonight. And worship team, y'all can come on up. Some of you are here tonight and you have prayed for something. Believe for it. You have stood in the gap. You've made up the hedge. You've held on. You've let go. You've done it all. You have done it all. There comes a point you just lay hands on something and say, God, it's yours. I can't fix this. I couldn't fix my body. But you saw my boy here this morning nearly as tall as me. God, that's not anything I could do. That was 100% the Lord. And I'm just going to tell you, some of you are going through things that nobody knows. You have innermost desires. You have things you want so bad to have happen. And in your own abilities, I'm telling you, I love you. You cannot do it on your own. But the God you serve is abundantly able to do that and so much more. Don't, don't give in. Don't give up. I would not have my boy today if I had listened to everybody screaming, there was people, why don't they just adopt? Why don't they just give? And this was in the church. Why don't they just give up? Why do they keep putting themselves through this? Because God had spoke a word. Some of y'all are at the end of a rope, it feels like. And some of you have held on to this rope for so long with just hopes and prayers. But I'm here to tell you, this is her place of hope. This is her place. This is your place. If you're at the end of the rope, tie a knot and keep swinging and hanging on. Because God has an appointed time for each and every one of us to be fulfilled with what he has spoke over our lives. We know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have for you, hopes of a, of a future, of hope. He spoke that then. He's saying, have confidence in me because I'm going to do it. I don't like to see women of God halfway living with just, God, please, I hope you can do it kick the door down like Pastor said and walk through it knowing that you can do it and live in the faithfulness that God's got for you.